we are in the last section of Revelation, uh, Lesson 7, the consummation of all things, uh, God's plan to uh, finish world history and begin with a different world, uh, one which has never touched sin. And so we are now looking at the eternal city, uh, which will begin in the eternal state. Uh, it is described by the author of the book of Hebrews and by Paul as a city which is not part of the present creation, but it is part of a different creation. And so uh, we are able to see it here in the new creation because it was not destroyed as part of this creation. We'll begin with a quick introduction to this eternal city in which uh, John reintroduces it to us. And then today we'll just look at the external description so that we can save the internal description for next time. Well, John begins by writing that the uh, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. So we remember those angels who had the bowls of judgment that uh, unleashed the final blow against the Antichrist system, um, the Antichrist himself trying to rule over creation, just like Pharaoh uh, tried to conquer uh, God's people and God used plagues to uh, loosen his grip and to take back uh, what was his. And so he does this in a macro scale in Revelation. And these angels were part of the pouring out of God's wrath on Satan and his uh, counterfeit world kingdom. Um, but now these angels have a different ministry. Um, and one of them is revealing to John the things that are going to come after the kingdom has returned um, to God. And so it says, one of the seven angels, he came and spoke with me. Uh, we don't really know which one. Um, of these seven, it was possibly the same one who had come to uh, show him the uh, the Antichrist kingdom uh, back in Revelation 17, 1 through 2, where we read, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me saying, come here and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot. So it's using the same introduction here. Uh, it's I think the best option is that we can't tell which one of these seven it is because he could have said the same one who showed me um, that city, but instead he just chooses one from um, among the seven. Uh, another possibility is that he can't distinguish them one from another. They might all look the same. And so he honestly may not know whether or not it's the same one who showed him this, but he does know it's one of the seven who had the seven bowls. And that's another good uh, possibility. Or else, uh, the similarity in language uh, may, in fact, uh, determine that this is the same angel among those seven. But regardless, um, he does or he is able to identify it as one from among the group who poured out the final um, bowls of God's wrath on uh, the previous creation. But here at, in uh, Revelation 17, we saw that he said, come here and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot. Uh, whereas in Revelation 21, he says, come here and I will show you the bride of the lamb. And so we do have this parallel uh, in the book of Revelation, and it really could, I guess, be called the, uh, the tale of two cities or two kingdoms, where we've got the 
false messiahs, false kingdom. And then we have God's true kingdom um, under the headship of his true Messiah, Jesus Christ. Uh, the first is given to us uh, in the image of a harlot, uh, one who um, harlots herself out to the kingdoms of the world. And the other is given to us in the image of a bride who is made perfect um, for her bridegroom. Notice that uh, he doesn't just say, come here and I will show you the bride, as he said before, but he says here, the wife of the lamb. This is um, in a structure that's called apposition, uh, which means he's renaming the same thing. Um, I will show you the bride. The bride is now able to be called the wife of the lamb, uh, primarily because the wedding feast has finished. Uh, the marriage is completed. It is consummated. And now she is the wife of the lamb, not just the bride. Back in Revelation 19.7, when the announcement was made of uh, the finishing of uh, Christ's program uh, with the present civilization and going into then the millennial kingdom, uh, the announcement was made, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. We saw that the marriage of the lamb was about to begin uh, and so the bride was made ready, and it describes her readiness there. And then in verse 9, it says, Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These uh, marriage suppers in Jewish custom would usually follow after the uh, marriage, and it would last about seven days. Uh, now, this will either last um, seven days into the uh, kingdom or... Uh, which may be a better interpretation, the entire period of the 1,000-year kingdom on this earth is uh, constituted as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so in either case, the wedding has concluded by the time the millennial kingdom is finished. And when we see the bride in the eternal state, she is now the wife of the Lamb, not just a bride. We'll also be familiar with uh, this language in verse 10. It says, he carried me away in the spirit. Uh, this is how the uh, visions were at first introduced to us back in Revelation 1 and then in Revelation 4 as well. It says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. Uh, we saw him uh, going through a door um, in heaven, verse 1, um, being carried up to the third heaven in spirit. Uh, Revelation 17.3 as well said, he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. Now, this is a little different than what we see in Revelation 21. We see him carried off to a mountain. But this mountain that he's carried off to is looking into the future, whereas this wilderness is looking into the past. Revelation 17, the angel was revealing to him a mystery that had not been revealed before. He was um, giving him divine revelation about something that can't be known without revelation. Um, so here he's going to a high mountain in 21, but to a wilderness in 17. And the mystery that he reveals to him is the foundation of the cosmos system or Satan's kingdom on this earth. And he takes him all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Um, and so this wilderness makes sense because the Tower of Babel was built in the world just following the flood, and it would have been uh, wilderness to an extent at that point. Uh, within about 100 years of the flood, 
uh, not all the vegetation would have grown back up. Trees would still be um, growing and a lot of things would look young and youthful in their vegetation, but we still have massive alluvial plains coming from that flood. Um, you can see here the area in which John was transported in his vision to see this um, woman in Babylon. And it's, it's a wilderness even today, uh, but back then after the flood, um, probably would have looked a lot more like this with probably rivers running through it, but just barren land. And so there you have uh, the Tower of Babel in this wilderness. But here he's being carted off to a great high mountain. Um, this mountain does not exist, I think, in the present creation, but is part of the new creation. Um, and somehow it's big enough for him to get a full view of this um, holy city, heavenly Jerusalem, that is coming down from heaven. And as we'll see, this is a massive uh, city that is um, that has predated the new creation, um, but it is not part of the old creation, and so it wasn't destroyed. Uh, back in uh, verse 2 of this chapter, uh, we were introduced to this uh, city, so now John is coming back and filling in more detail about it. Uh, verses 1 through 8 were really just an introduction to this whole chapter, and uh, now he's going back and focusing on uh, the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And it says here, it adds this description of it. It says that, um, that this city uh, has the glory of God. So it is coming down out of heaven, having the glory of God. This is the visible glory of God uh, in view here. Back in verse 3, uh, we saw the physical reality that really speaks to the same thing. It says, I, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. So this is the physical reality that when it is made visible, God dwelling among them um, looks like glory, because um, God made visible living among them is the glory of God. Uh, and this particularly speaks to uh, Christ and his presence, because Christ is the uh, manifest uh, God made visible. And Hebrews speaks to that. It says, in the last days, God has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And upholds all things by the word of his power. So this same glory that is made visible in the temple in the uh, millennial kingdom, the same glory that came and visited Israel um, in their temple uh, previously, uh, the same Christ who on the um, Mount of Hermon was transfigured where we could see his, uh, see his glory shine through the veil of his flesh. Uh, this one is now in his full splendor and full glory. Um, really speaking to the presence of God together with his people. And most of this chapter, uh, as we look at these descriptions, you will see uh, this is what it looks like for God to be made visible and dwelling among his people. And so he, he adds here, her brilliance was like a very costly stone as a stone of crystal clear jasper. Uh, jasper is 
I think, a good um, representation of this city, because as we will look um, between Jasper and Gold, these are the two um, the two most uh, commonly used descriptions of this city. Um, present day, Jasper is used for uh, mostly a red stone, red Jasper, uh, but uh, that comes more from the uh, from the eastern side of the Orient. Uh, back in uh, John's day, Jasper was pretty much used only for a green stone, though the green stone would often have red flakes in it um, or other colors. Uh, this is probably most like what the Jasper that uh, Paul was familiar with looked like, uh, the two smaller insets. The other one is uh, really polished up and looks nice, but um, or not Paul. Uh, John probably would have had in mind either one of these two insets as Jasper in his days. So this is really what the glory looked like, but he said it's it's not just uh, Jasper, but it's crystal clear Jasper. Um, the clearness or the translucence of the uh, of the gold and the jasper that we see in this eternal uh, state may speak either to the purity of these items um, or else literal translucence where light is able to pass through them. And this would make sense because God's glory is really what is illuminating all things. And so uh, having a city that is... Um, see-through essentially would make sense because then God's glory and his light could really touch every corner of it.